Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today, we have a really cool interview for you. I think you all are really going to enjoy it, particularly those mamas out there. And I feel like this conversation has come up recently, either in the social media world or it's just in the ethers, but about having your partner be involved in your birth in a very active, very intimate way. So we're going to get into that today. Uh, So great resource for that conversation and that preparation. Real quick, ways to be connected with us and ways to stay in touch. First of all, how you can listen to the show. You can listen to the show with Parents On Demand, the app. So you can download that in iOS or uh, Android. And that is a platform with which you can listen to all of the episodes of the show and check out other really awesome shows within the Parents On Demand network that we are a part of, this amazing family, this group of powerful content, useful resources for parents at all stages of the whole experience. So that's where you can check us out. Again, Parents on Demand, or you can go to their website and check out other cool things there. Of course, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, any and all podcast listeners, you can check us out as well. And make sure you're subscribed so you get notifications about every single episode. You can also connect with us on Instagram, D-I-A-H podcast is our handle. Our Facebook, Doing It at Home, our private group for the podcast community, Doing It at Home birth group, if you search that, and our website, of course, diahpodcast.com. And another way you can support the show and rep your pride for doing it at home is to buy you some doing it at home gear, your shirts. So go to our bonfire page for that. That's bonfire.com slash store slash diah podcast, or you can click the link in this show's show notes. So that's where you can access all of that cool stuff. Okay, today we're talking with Lynn Griesmer. Lynn is a mother of six. She's a marriage coach. She's a podcaster. She's an author, among many other things, too, but that's just a few. So Lynn herself, after four uneventful hospital births, was really dissatisfied with her, what she called impersonal assembly line birth experiences. And she planned for her to final births for unassisted or free births or even DIY births as they are sometimes referred to. And she noticed during that process the very the lack of information on that topic of free birth, of unassisted birth, and that inspired her to write Unassisted Home Birth, An Act of Love. She is an advocate of lifelong happy marriage and husband and wife home birth. So couples birth, birth that really includes the partner in an active way, a participant in the experience and really keeping 
birth uh, within the context of family as a family-led experience and choice and decision-making process. So again, really beautiful resource for those of you who want and that aligns with you to have your partner be very involved. And Lynn shares with us how through that process, it really empowers later parenting experiences and choices when you are so involved in the birth process together. So it's a beautiful conversation, chock full of knowledge and information and how you can learn more about Lynn and get in touch with her. Again, there are links in today's show notes for that. So go check those out and enjoy. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic and finding the perfect Mother's Day gift. It's not exactly a no brainer until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Hi, Lynn. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. How are you? Hi, Sarah. I'm doing great. Thank you. Beautiful. Well, I'm really excited to have you here because there, I mean, there's really a whole lot we could unpack. So we will do our best to keep it, (laughs) to reel it (laughs) in. Um, But to just get us started, I'd love to hear and for you to share with listeners a little bit about you, a little bit of your family and your journey that's gotten you to kind of where you are right now in terms of what you, what you stand for, the platforms that you're on and the information you're providing for women and families everywhere, really. Okay, great. Well, my name is Lynn. I was born in 1962 in Connecticut. I'm the oldest of three children. And I, as the oldest child, I sort of wanted um, parents' approval. I started, I've always been ambitious, and I went to Boston University where I told my parents, I'm majoring in psychology. I want to be a clinical psychologist. And they were like, what? There's no money in that. You're (laughs) smart in math. You should do engineering or business. And I said, well, no, thank you. This is my life. Well, turns out the next year in college, my father said, hey, there's this, there's this ROTC scholarship. You can go do army stuff for the summer as an adventure and maybe get a scholarship. And I said, oh, well, okay. It sounds like a good adventure. I ended up getting a scholarship. I ended up going off track. Uh, Boston University is a very expensive university. So for two years, I had free tuition in exchange for four years as an army officer. So that's what I started out doing in my early 20s. It wasn't a really good match, although I have leadership skills. It wasn't really a good match, but I did meet my husband, uh, got my master's degree, went into uh, human resources management for a trucking company and um, had a couple, two little kids at the time. And so then when I was pregnant with my third, the balance was starting to get difficult. So I chose marriage and love over career. I wasn't quite able or interested in having kids and babysitters, daycare, et cetera. So um, 
college. So by the time I was 29, I think I started embracing a new life of an at-home mom. My fourth child came along. So the first four babies were born in the hospital. I'm a mom of six. They are currently age 16 to 30. And since I had this, your listeners might glean that uh, somewhat of a a masculine type approach to life, army officer, uh, human resource manager in a trucking company. Mm -hmm. I was the only female, female manager. I was very, I was athletic and I had more male friends than female friends. So growing up, up until the age of 33, till my fourth child uh, or 30, my fourth child was born, I didn't really have too many women friends. Mm -hmm. And this is very important. The culture you are surrounded by might have an impact on the kind of birthing and parenting that you see. So I uh, went out to dinner one night, had four children, um, and we were out to dinner with some relative visiting. And I said, oh, Bob, my husband, Bob, if we have a child, another child, I think I'd like a home birth. And he's like, what? And so he just kind of laughed it off. And three years later, I got pregnant, and I waited 20 weeks before I went to an OBGYN because inside, intuitively, without knowing anybody, I wanted to have a birth at home. And um, I don't know if we'll have time to talk about my birth experiences. I offer a uh, free ebooks on my website, unassistedhomebirth.com the top four secrets I learned from my unassisted home births. And I, I lay out uh, how my journey went with each birth and how I made different decisions. But in a nutshell, I knew that all of my births from start to finish were three hours mm. from the onset of a, from the onset of serious contractions. Of course I had Braxton Hicks contractions for maybe you know, a day or two before or several hours during that day. But when we're talking, your contractions get to be four or five minutes apart from start to finish. It was three hours before the baby was born. I hardly had to push. All of them were vaginal deliveries, mostly natural. Uh, I say mostly because when someone breaks your water or mm. gives you Pitocin, you can't say that's 100% natural, but we, we don't have to... Um, you know, argue over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were vaginal. They were pretty good birth, but I was missing something emotionally in, intuitively. I just knew I didn't want to be on an assembly line of birth in the hospital. Fortunately, they didn't mess too much with me. Whereas nowadays people will even talk about birth rape and violations mm-hmm. and violence. I didn't really have that launched on me. So I didn't have traumatic birth experiences but I do my work because I wasted four experiences in the hospital going to prenatal care when I didn't need it. Uh, so anyways, um, fast forwarding ahead a little bit, uh, 20 weeks pregnant with my fifth was homeschooling my family, actually unschooling. These things go together, unassisted home birth, unschooling, (laughs) uh, attachment parenting, maybe home-based business, you know, not immunizing, leaving your baby boy intact, you right. know, these, you'll see these patterns um, definitely go together. So yeah, yeah, that's um, fascinating. I have a quick question about yeah. that decision. And you said that that kind of internal desire and knowingness and, you know, missing something emotionally and that shift into deciding on home birth, and maybe you're going to get into this, but I'm curious what, 
what was around you that saw that as an option or had you heard of other women or, cause this is around, you know, 96, right? Around the time. Yeah. Were, okay. So I'm just curious what mm-hmm. resources were there or what, what even got you in the mode of thinking that was a possibility for yourself? That's a good question. Nothing, zero, <laughs> nothing was around me. What I did was I opened up the yellow pages and I'm like, uh, midwife, uh, home birth. I went to the doctor only because I thought I needed a prescription for prenatal vitamins. He's like, oh, you're 20 weeks along. Where have you been hiding out? And uh, I just kind of smiled and I said, home birth. And, oh, no, they, they don't do that. Mm. And uh, so I didn't know, even know where to look. I opened up the yellow pages. And, <laughs> and wouldn't you know, this is awesome timing. I had a homeschool meeting that night. And I just kind of said, oh, yeah, I'm pregnant. And I, gosh, I would love a home birth. And, and one woman there was like, oh, you, you come to the right person. She had had home birth with midwives. She had uh, studying to be a midwife. She even had an unassisted birth. So there was my resource at a homeschool okay. meeting. Boom. Wow. Then she said, oh, read Ina Mae Gaskin, this book, that book. So there wasn't much written on unassisted home birth in 1996. So I was going off Sheila Kitchinger, Rahima Baldwin, um, gosh, the, you know, former uh, birthy type people. Mm. Um, So that's probably what prompted me to write my book in 1998, Unassisted Home Birth and Active Love. So anyway, so I met my resource and then she said, there were only, we were living in Charleston, South Carolina at the time. There were only two midwives who would do home births at wow. the time. One would be away during the summer when I was due in another country. And one, we interviewed this midwife and she did not um, mesh with us. Mm. It's very important to pick your caregivers who have similar philosophies. Again, what I saw was rules, regulations, sign a, sign a contract before I share information with you. Uh, we, we didn't feel um, a, a connection. Very important to feel a connection. So meanwhile, I couldn't believe it in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, I was told, talk with this woman, Cindy and Shannon and, and Wendy and Tracy and Cam. All these people had had unassisted home births. At the mm. time, they called it do-it-yourself birth, a DIY, <laughs> or... DIY, or they called it daddy delivery. And I was like, oh, no, it's not a delivery. And the daddy is not the the prime person to focus on. So I kind of had to say, I don't really like daddy delivery. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I would do that. So we hung up the phone and, and um, I kept my OBGYN as a backup for prenatal care. Yes, I did have to carry little white lies, but that's what I was comfortable with. As I was working out what I was going to do, I kept going to the doctor. So, of course, for my next two unassisted births, I didn't, uh, my next one I didn't use. I did my own prenatal care. You you grow in confidence, Sarah. Over time mm. with each birth, a woman will grow in confidence and knowledge and, and it just only, it, it does get better. Gets, you make better choices, different choices uh, on your path. So let's see. Um, uh, after the uh, Millicent was born in August of 1990, August 3rd, 1996. Mm-hmm. And I, we, we, oh yes, how we came a little more to the unassisted home birth choice. 
I was, I don't know when we came across Marilyn Moran's book, Birth and the Dialogue of Love, written in 1981. She focuses on husband and wife uh, birth. And my husband picked it up and read it in three days and said, that's it. Uh, he feels confident to have an unassisted birth. Wow. We didn't have, we didn't have a birth at home without a midwife because we couldn't find a midwife. We, that might have been the initial beginning of, of it. We never panicked. We just flowed into it and it was a positive choice. So some people will read my work and say, oh, because there weren't any good midwives in her area, she, that's why she had to have an unassisted birth. No, that wasn't it. We just kind of naturally flowed into it. It makes sense to us. Why I birthed mm. this way? Because it makes, it just makes perfect sense especially for me, short labors, being in shape, everything was similar. I, I, would, I weighed 135 pounds before pregnancy. I gained 30 pounds. Everything, was, all the babies were, were in the eight-pound range. My youngest was 10 pounds. So I, I had a very comfortable pattern that didn't add to any fear. I can deal with pain. I know that these contractions will come to an end. I'm not going to anticipate and assume the worst. So I ha I'm a good candidate for this type of birth. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyways, uh, birth in the dialogue love we read. I had two, two fears um, doing this alone at home. What if I hemorrhage? Uh, what, well, three, what if the baby gets stuck? And what if the cord is wrapped around the neck? So with all three of those, you can research your way and you can decide what you're going to do. If, if you seem to have shoulder dystocia or the baby seems stuck, make sure you stand up, move position, breathe. You might have to hurt the mom and insert your hands to try to help get the baby out. So if you ha why did I hemorrhage with my firstborn in the hospital? I didn't really hemorrhage. I had excessive bleeding because the doctor, it was late at night and he just wanted to hurry up and get the placenta out. So he mashed down and pulled the placenta out within minutes after my son was born. And that's, that's, oh dear, you have a lot of blood. And so I found out, well, why was I hemorrhaging? And what would I do? I would eat a piece of the placenta. And these things are not radical to me mm. to save my life and to take uh, what I do, what you need to do. Mm -hmm. So, and what else cord wrapped around the neck? Well, unwind it. Right. <laughs> Just kind of, I would be, I did watch a birth film back then where it was so short, it was an emergency. They had to cut the cord mm -hmm. and I would be willing to do that to save a life. And we live 15 minutes from a hospital. Mm -hmm. So I, I felt completely, comfortable, safe with these choices. Uh, I was willing to take responsibility if my baby died while I was doing an unassisted home birth. I had to really do soul searching. Wow, this, this can be a major decision you're making and if something goes wrong. But what I want to recommend to um, women is that we need to be in the present moment during our birth. We need to be in the present moment and let the baby, take the cues from the baby. Don't stand firm with what you want to do, what you want to do at all costs. Be in communication. You should be during your whole pregnancy. And let the baby start the labor. Let, and be, just really try to be in touch with that. Yes, be firm on your decisions. I've decided I will not have an epidural and stick to it. There are things 
that are non-negotiable that you can stick to before you get to your birth. But you also, it's important to be present. That's definitely very important. Um, so Millicent, uh, Millicent was, um, we had Emergency Childbirth, a book by Dr. White. Um, and we, you know, a lot of women do a lot of the reading on birth and preparing because it's our body, it's our baby. And, and a lot of men don't really do near the volume of reading and watching YouTube videos and <laughs> preparing. But you can invite your husband into your birth and you should. And we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah. Millicent's birth. Millicent's birth was was wonderful. I took my kids swimming during the day. We got home. I was actually thought I was due around August 10th or 14th, and she came on August 3rd at 10 o'clock at night. Um, oh, my water broke just as I was getting into bed. I, and I had friends set up. That one friend I said I met at the homeschool meeting, I called her. She said, okay, okay, Lynn, you know, your water broke. Um, the baby will probably come uh, within a soon, soon, it will be coming soon. So don't, don't take a shower. Don't do this and that. And okay. And so I went to sleep and then I rolled over and woke up at maybe 3 a.m. or 2 a.m., probably two in the morning. And we, uh, she was born at 4 a.m. And it was shocking that wow, four times in the hospital, I've been sold a lot of lies. I was robbed of my experiences. This is awesome. And so that was 1996. And I, of course, I read about it in my book. And, and I have a lot of free resources on my website on assistedhomebirth.com if people want to go take a look. Great. And, yeah, um, we'll put links to that in the and, show notes and everything. Okay, good. And so then six years later, Okay, we moved from South Carolina. We were now living in Fairfax, Virginia, and I got pregnant, and this time I did my own prenatal care, and I thought the baby was going to be due um, June 21st. He came June 7th uh, at like 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. And so I, those, what those unassisted births have done for my life, they totally uh, revolutioned like my whole life changed i uh confidence oxytocin i breastfed my two youngest past five years uh, my husband you know was even more fully involved closer just the whole the connection and the bonding within the family got even stronger because we took uh, autonomy of our own lives. And, and it's, it's just really beautiful. It's really beautiful. So anyways, they, those births inspired me to write books, to, um, encourage other women to really encourage other women. I've never had a desire to be a midwife or to be a doula or coach or actually go to other women's births. I feel it's a private event, but I, I love to talk about it and encourage people and hopefully inspire people to really think strongly about this decision, because let me tell you, if you don't have an unassisted home birth, uh, you, you could, a home birth might be okay too. You really are robbed of your birth story. It's not organic. It's going to be rules and regulations by somebody else. 
uh, whether it's a, a midwife in rules, state rules, you're on a time clock, you're in a hospital, you really compromise your connection and bonding with your spouse, with the baby. You really uh, become alienated. The male-female relationship can be alienated when you have this doctor. How many women will say, I love my doctor. Oh, my doctor was great. Well, that's, that's, that's a business. He's just making your money. <laughs> and it, it's somewhat phony in, in the hospital giving birth. You're not really, there's, it, it's insincere. It's inauthentic in the hospital. Something is missing. And even these women who end up with C-sections who go to ICANN, the International Cesarean mm-hmm. Awareness Network, and they're disappointed with their C-sections. They are really missing the emotional and, and experience of birth, one of the most pivotal experiences a woman can have. And, and the conformity, it's too high of a price to pay to be a conformist, to go along with what our culture tells us what we should do. Mm-hmm. And you just you sacrifice your heartfelt desires mm-hmm. and... Um, so I'm doing birth work and I'm doing marriage work. I have a podcast, Your Marriage Matters. I really like marriage and, and it all just goes together. The Think of those of you um, college educated, you took Psych 101, Abraham Maslow, the top of the hierarchy of the needs is the peak experience. And many people having home births or an unassisted birth or free birth will definitely feel that peak experience in life. And in the marriage circuit, Dr. John Gottman has the Sound Relationship House, and the top of that pyramid is creating shared meaning amongst husband and wife. And that definitely gets done when the two of you share this birth intimately. Mm. Um, so, but, but here's... Um, what was I going to say that my, my, my main thoughts to get out to women is that what are your needs? What are your desires? Forget what the culture is telling you. I I don't even think a lot of women even know that they would love and desire to have a very juicy, sensual birth Mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. They don't even know it. They don't know those needs. We've really been the propaganda. We've really been crushed by this. And so just try to find out what are your needs or your desires. More people would desire to do it at home. And I thank you for doing this podcast. You're bringing many great stories and guests Mm. who are really thriving in life because they're doing it at home Mm. and getting in touch with your needs. So if trying to figure out what are your needs, get in touch with them and express your needs. We are thwarted. Women are not expressing their needs. Okay, so I'm going to sound opinionated. But you're not the women you see mm, bottle feeding their kids from day one who don't even choose to breastfeed or try it or think about it. They're not expressing uh, the the what the human female biology was set up to do. And I do believe those are needs. And and you know trusting yourself as a woman and feeling that your needs are important. So. I just feel that um, we have so many cultural blocks. We have so much to stop. Uh, the wonderful taking back your birth and doing it at home. Mm. Elevate your summer with Osea's best-selling body care set. It's everything you need for radiant summer skin on the go. 
featuring travel sizes of Osea's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral skincare, like their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Right now, you can get the Best Sellers Body Care Set, a $78 value, 33% off. And use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER. Speak it, Lynn. I love it. Okay. Oh, that was so amazing. <laughs> I mean, one of the points that I want to hit on, you know, when you were describing um, a few minutes ago about not necessarily wanting to be a, a midwife or a doula or to become, you know, be a part of women's birth per se. And I think what that speaks to in this, this space of empowered birth conversation and home birth and unassisted birth is we all can play a very important part and role and birth work has many uh, faces to it. And so I just love that by realizing and identifying where your passion is and then blend that with your your talents and what moves you that you can be a part of you know the fabric in your own unique way so just because you're passionate about birth or you had very transformative birth experiences you know that doesn't mean you have to do work that looks like this just by some women coming on the show and sharing their story that's their piece of birth work in the community so i just love that you found you know your place and your space based on what what influenced you and impacted and inspired you and now how you're able to pay that forward in your own unique way so i think that's very cool yeah thank you and and what's really important is to not be afraid to be vulnerable and this is why let's talk a little about husband and wife birthing yes. is that uh, i I am a feminist minded person I don't want the patriarchy telling me to go to the hospital i you know thank you very much I'm independent minded I am rebellious but I've been married 33 years, and my husband and I are closer. Uh, We keep getting closer and closer as the years go by, and I need him. I like him as a protector. I need him in certain ways. He needs me. This is not a a weak word to need or to feel the protection Mm -hmm. of your husband. Mm And need in in a strong sense that we are both different and we both together we complement each other. And this is what happens in the birth. You, you can feel safe and trusting of your husband and he's going to be there for you. He's going to, he's going to experience this as close as he can. So with both births, my husband caught the baby. We, um, and what happens is if you're, if you invite and you encourage and you try to influence your husband to be very involved in the birth and even to the exclusion of anybody else, I do feel the birth goes faster. The more people you have at your birth, the slower your, the longer your labor might take. There's inhibition. You, if you think of it sexually, it, you shut right. your bedroom door right. and the two of you are there and it's very intimate. And so the baby is the, outgrowth of that. And so when you share that intimately, now you now have a husband who will respect you as far as, hey, honey, our kid is three years old. And when you have differences of opinion, I feel that you're closer. You've already starting to share things beginning at the birth. So you're going to share things when it comes time for decisions on to, well, should our kid have cookies for breakfast? And yes, no. And you might, you know, you, you, I think you, you get in sync a little more homeschooling. I never had to like persuade my husband 
oh, they're going to miss out on sports. They're going to miss out on socialization and other kids. And I'm like, you know, no, we didn't have any of that because I've been always trying. We try to influence and invite each other into our world. Uh, understanding. A husband and wife can can really try to understand each other. And so a husband and wife birth is just, it's, it's a little more extreme than the average free birth. A lot of the free birth, sometimes, okay, sometimes with some free birth women, they're very staunchly decided on their own. This is what I'm doing. My husband's not on board. And a lot of the a lot of women, and this is a fault of the women, please do not look to other women to make your decisions for you. You mm. can look for suggestions, but don't ask someone to tell you what to do because you're really just taking your birth you had in the hospital with a doctor telling you what to do, and you're trying to have some other expert tell you what to do. You are the expert of your body. And your, you make the, your life decisions. So you can you can lean a little bit on, you can get coaching, you can talk, but sometimes there can be this attitude of um, of sheer rebellion and, and anger, and so work right. work through the anger. If you've had bad birth experiences, please continue to work through those and and get to a place of peace in your heart and peace in your relationship. And I know that Michelle O'Don and many people will say, well, the husband shouldn't be there for the birth. He's a distraction. He's just going to, yes, for some women, Mm -hmm. their, their current situation, their husband might have a task oriented attitude telling you what to do. Well, this is wonderful why we have 40 weeks of pregnancy, yeah. <laughs> most of us. You can be working these things throughout your pregnancy so that when it comes time for the birth, you've arrived at a situation where the husband isn't afraid. And many guys will report that was the biggest thing years ago when I would talk, spend more time talking with people with birth. Well, I want the home birth, but my husband doesn't. What do I do? Well, uh, many of the stories I shared in my book, Unassisted Home Birth and Active Love, the biggest chapter was on the fathers, and almost all of them had certain fears in the beginning. Oh my gosh, okay, I am. Uh, what if something goes wrong? It, there's a lot on my shoulders. Uh, what if I have to rush my wife to the hospital in the middle of a, of a bad birth gone wrong? Well, all of these men, what happens is your brain kicks in, oxytocin, this, that, and the other. And you have a calm came over all of the men in the the height of the birth. They were all perfect. They were gentle, quiet in the, in the height of the birth. They, they really came through and they were really content. So those initial fears might be normal, might be prevalent, but they make way for, for peace and calm and tranquility. So I think that's a really awesome thing to know. Right. But, yeah, um, I love that. It's like what I hear there is the, the fear or the the trepidation, the anxiety. Like that's just the first step into opening up what can later be breakthrough and understanding. You know, you almost need that to open the door. But it, it's like, yes, this is an indicator. Great. Same in the way, you know, pain shows up in our body. It's just communicating something. So if this fear, if this discord is popping up, then it's just indicative of what can be done to create something new. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. And um, I don't know what else to talk about. Uh, 
husband and wife birthing, but give it, give it a serious consideration because it's, and many unassisted birthers will, we all have a progression. Maybe the woman had a C-section, then a V-back, a midwife at home, and then an unassisted home birth. So we have this progression and, um, you know, what, during your first pregnancy, do not let other people marginalize you or minimalize you or your thoughts or your desires if you happen to say that you might want a home birth. In fact, I recommend people keep kind of quiet and only let let certain people know about what your intentions are because you're already trying to gather your own confidence. You don't want to have to explain or defend yourself to your mother, your mother-in-law, somebody else, because they have their experiences and they're going to uh, respond and, and talk to you based on what they think, but what their body went through is not what you're going to go through. So don't internalize someone else's opinion. And in, and I also wrote a book last, um, this in January, take back your birth inspiration for expectant moms. And in it, I talk about focus and how in the that book, um, just the last chapter alone is worth the cost of the book because when you focus, you you will probably set yourself up for a short labor. And focus stands for fortitude, having the fortitude to go forth with, with your home birth. And I talk about, oh, other people's opinions, what I just kind of mentioned briefly there. C for confidence. You're building confidence during your prenatal period. And U, unwavering determination. This is... You know, you watch these birth um, stories and, well, go to the hospital and, and, you know, with the idea that you won't have an epidural. Well, no, go knowing you aren't going to have an epidural. You know what I mean? Unwavering determination is you're making a firm decision about a few certain things before you don't leave the door open when the door is open, you, you know, um, okay, my doctor said I needed to be induced. So I went in and the induction can lead to medication to a C-section. So, um, so focus fortitude, other people's opinions, confidence, unwavering determination and solitude and surrender. I really want to mention to women in our culture, we're still trying to be it all, do it all, keep the house clean, keep the toddler, uh, toys picked up, have a nice dinner on the table, look good, um, go on Pinterest and make the great um, craft birthday parties <laughs> and make everything perfect and Instagram and keeping up with social media. You need solitude and surrender. You, you need to quiet your life down from the noise of a busy life. And it's probably because women insist on leading busy, nice, neat lives that they'll schedule their C-section so it fits into their life with a certain date. And that's just horrible. That's just very, very atrocious um, to a female, to, to a mother, to to neglect the natural rhythm and flows of her life and of, of, of the love in her life. So mm-hmm. solitude and surrender is really important during the prenatal period and really imp- surrendering when you actually are going through the birth process. And this is why the husband and wife birth is just so romantic is that you're surrendering to each other and you go through this together and it's, it's just wonderful. So I just kind of wanted to mention to that, that your mindset is really important. And, you know, I can raise my voice here and say hospital birth, the way American 
Americans handle birth is that birth is a science. It's a physical act. Well, it's not just a physical act that we measure and and have protocols to. It is intuition. It's emotion. Birth is so much more expansive when you do it at home. It's so much more comprehensive, and it's even more expansive and comprehensive um, for those who choose husband and wife birth. Is it perfect? No, no. Oh, yeah, and I was going to say before, on the on the linear progression of babies, people might start out with a C-section, end up with a home birth. Almost everybody that I know And I believe that only 20% of the 1% of women who give birth, couples who give birth at home, um, you know, only 20% are unassisted. So that's even a smaller, let's just say up to eight, up to 8,000 births a year, maybe, maybe, I don't know. We don't have studies. We don't really know. But, but most people who have an unassisted birth will not go back. They will not then go get a midwife for their next birth. They will not then choose to go to the hospital. There have been several cases. I know that people who were studying to be midwives, now that that's their profession, they, you know, they're more pro midwife birth rather than unassisted. They're actually labor coaches, doulas, the people who ha- have seen problems have decided that they don't think unassisted is as safe as it was when they had theirs. So it's kind of interesting. But in almost all cases, we progress. I mean, I don't know, Sarah, have you met a person who've had a home birth and then decide on their next birth, we're going to go to the hospital? I have (laughs) I don't think you find. Yeah, you don't find too many. The reasons you will would be, well, the husband is suddenly afraid or maybe maybe the woman got divorced or has a new partner and there's complicated social um, surroundings, not, you know, so, but, but when you, when you land in this point, you really, really have found so much um, bliss and I don't want to say perfection. You've just really found something that it just makes sense, an inner conviction, an inner convic- conviction to have a birth at home. Yeah, that's, that's, so can you share, um, as we're kind of coming to a close here, one or two examples of how specifically within husband, wife birth, you know, couples birth, your husband, uh, showed up for you and, you know, a couple of distinguishing factors that, you know, someone could hear and say, oh, yes, that's, that's linked with couples birth. That's indicative of a husband and wife birth, just so that listeners can have, you know, something to wrap their minds around. That, um, yes, birth can bring with it a little fear. And I was huge and pregnant. Do I want to do this alone? No. And so when I, in the middle of the night, uh, I could lay at the edge of the bed going through transition not worrying about anything because my husband was there running back to the bathroom with a, with a warm washcloth and he ran, he, he caught Millie and just his presence, just his presence there calmed me. So I don't know if it was anything he did or didn't do. His presence was calming. And, uh, I write about my, 
um, my sixth birth. Oh, maybe I haven't published it yet. But in 2002, my husband was working at the Pentagon at the time. It was Friday afternoon. I pull into my driveway at two o'clock in the afternoon with my kids. Again, we were coming from the pool and my water broke. And I was like, whoa, knowing with my uh, past history, I have uh, three hours yeah, from yeah. Start to start to finish. <laughs> Here he is in the Pentagon. The Pentagon could be up to a one hour drive. And so I got, I couldn't get him on the phone because he only started working there like a week earlier. First of all, you can't have cell phones and I didn't know his work number. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to, so my 11 year old daughter, Melanie was sort of like my, my, uh, uh, attendant at the time. And I didn't want her to leave my side. Oh, Melanie, I'm sorry. I'm putting this on you. I won't, you won't, I, you, I won't have you catch the baby, but can you just run down the hall and get me something to drink or so my, that was fast and furious at two in the afternoon, my water, I pulled into the driveway, my water broke. I couldn't get in touch with my husband. I left messages on his cell phone. And for some reason he was coming out of work at, let's say, I don't know, three thirty, three thirty ish. And he checked his cell phone and he just did a mad dash to his car, which was like a half mile away and briefcase and tie or whatever. And he's running and running. He gets stuck in traffic. So he gets home at four thirty. And our baby was born at five. When he showed up at 430, I thanked. I was ready to have this baby without him there. I didn't want to, but in the, in the height of the moment, you have to adapt and adjust. You just have to when, during your birth. And so I was like, okay, if this is meant to be this way, okay. So I was, I was calm, but I was, you know, he got home and Melanie, my 11 year old immediately walked out of the room and I said, I said, Oh, Bob, leave the door open in case any of the kids would like to, uh, watch. Mm -hmm. And so we have a slight difference. He, he wanted just me and him. Well, Millicent was born at four in the morning, so kids were sleeping, but this was five in the afternoon and he's like, no. And, And so he shut the door and I'm like, okay. You know, so Mikey was born at five, but for that half, as soon as he showed up at 430, I was so relieved. Here is the love of my life, my lover, the father of the baby. He's here for this birth. And so emotionally, it was so comforting to have him here as as a, I will say, a central important role. Of course, the baby is number one and the mom makes the decisions about the birth and but the husband is also very important and you know the four times in the hospital once again Sarah I was robbed you know at one point a doctor said oh go down and get a sandwich nothing is happening with her you know as she Mm -hmm. sits here laboring hooked up to the monitor oh he was just like a sideshow who just happened to be there right and he felt that he felt that he uh, and he's at work right now. Otherwise, it would be great to uh, here. I am talking about husband and wife birthday. Yeah. My husband is cur- currently at work, but we have gone on interviews where the two of us talk together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they can get his point of view. Yeah. But I just have this this comfort, um, this strength, his quiet presence. And I, so I don't know if I could, could tell you what one or two things, but just his strength. Yeah. to be there, his presence, his calmness. If anything, what women can ask their husbands to do is, I just want you to be quiet. I don't need you to, to give me advice or, or you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be busy. Just be by my side or just, just be just that he was there. Just being there mm-hmm. is, is what I like. 
That's beautiful. And listeners can learn more about you, download some of your resources, the books, the podcasts, everything. Um, where should they go to find more about you, connect, and um, get in on some of that? Okay, thank you. Yeah, I have two websites, unassistedhomebirth.com. I have marriagecoachlin.com. Mm. My podcast is Your Marriage Matters. Uh, it's, I have some problems with being on iTunes, whatnot. So it's best to go to the website, marriagecoachlin.com, and look for the podcast there. It comes out weekly on Mondays. Mm. And um, I'm on Facebook, Lynn Griesmer, also Marriage Coach Lynn Facebook page. So through that, you can reach out to me, email, whatnot, and um, book titles on Amazon.com. Some of my books are Unassisted Home Birth, An Act of Love, written in 1998, 20 years ago. Mm. Um, in, in 2007, a really good resource is Your Body, Your Birth, Secrets for a Satisfying and Successful Birth. This was designed in 2007. It's a 70-, 80-minute CD, and it's, it's downloadable, too. But that was designed so you can be driving with your husband and pop this in in the car and yeah. be driving around. And it, 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 the bias is towards natural childbirth. Mm-hmm. And so that's that was with husbands in mind that, oh, they're not going to pick up a birth book, but gee, I want them to hear uh, about the case for natural birth. It's mm-hmm. called Your Body, Your Birth. And then the book that came out in 2018, Take Back Your Birth, Inspiration for Expectant Moms. And I have a couple of other little things coming up in the future. We're going, we're going to um, make the second edition of Birth and the Dialogue of Love, written by Marilyn A. Moran. That has been out of print for many years. Now that my kids are grown, I have more time to put into the birth and the marriage work. And that should be coming out in 2019 in its second edition. And that was published in 1981. I cannot believe that. And that's a classic birth book. Mm. And so it's going to be nice to get that back out in print because it really makes a good case for husband and wife birthing. Birth and the dialogue of love. The author talks about it. It's, it's like a dance. It's like mm. a dialogue. You, he plants the seed nine months earlier, and then she births the baby, and he catches it, and it brings it to completion. And the man and the woman are complementary, and it's just it's one big dialogue, mm-hmm. and it's just a very very interesting book. Ooh, well, I'm excited to so see that. Got a new, <laughs> yeah. new, updated, refreshed um, take on it. So that'll be very cool. Um, mm-hmm. Lynn Griesmer, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being here with us and sharing all of your everything from experience in your own life, your own family, to the work that you've delved into and all that you've created. It's really magical. So thank you so much for for sharing that with us today. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for all that you're doing with your Doing It At Home podcast. It's a wonderful resource for, for men and women. Quick note about the Doing It At Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done... 
why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% data-approved, Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higg. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.